with another episode of Bits Over Broadway. Bits Over Broadway. Wow, silky and smooth. Silky. I love. Yeah, I don't have a the gay cold anymore, so I can actually talk. <laughs> She's free. I am not sick anymore. Oh, oh. Um, <laughs> perfect. Just in time for the what are we on like the fifth wave now of COVID? <laughs> Something like that. Only God can keep track at this time. <laughs> so let go and let God. <laughs> It's a good, healthy, safe attitude to have towards Absolutely. the play. <laughs> um, there's no business except that Broadway is loosely, loosely reopening. Back. Did I see a TikTok from the official Waitress the Musical Hello? account that was literally just a standing ovation before the show had even started of the entire theater just clean, like clapping and screaming? Yes. Did I fully start to weep? Yes, I did. Why would you not? Then when that's theater, that's art, that's magic. When that's the curtain Disney, came up. That's... Did I cry again? Yes, I did, and I'll do it again. Oh God, my I'm... dream to be in a fucking packed theater, just like sweaty oh. and masked, masked, feeling gross, oh. glasses fogging up. I don't wear Hell glasses. Yeah. Neither but do I. But Mitch I'd does. wear them for the. I would wear them for that. <laughs> Mitch has fully abandoned his glasses. <laughs> In these COVID times, um, he doesn't like that the mask fogs them up and he would just rather be blind than having to deal with foggy glasses. He just simply does not wear the tools he needs to see. Honestly, like what is there to see in the world right now? Literally nothing. Doesn't read the news, doesn't wear his glasses. (laughs) That is the way to live. He's a mole man. Thank you. (laughs) Um, Mitch is honestly um, the dream and we should all be aspiring to be Mitch. We should all try so hard to not care about anything. I love that this one time that Mitch is not here, we're just piling compliments on (laughs) that. That's good. It's a little treat for him to edit (laughs) later. Use it. (laughs) Okay. So, yeah, I don't have any biz. No biz. Well, I'd love to go see some shows uh, yeah. at some point. So What's open should we right do now? That? Is it Waitress and Hades Six? Town? Uh, Hades Town is definitely open. We have to see Hades Town. I'm Hades Town, go... tweet at us. <laughs> Hades will, Town, sponsor us. We will come and review your show, even though it has been open for like two years now. <laughs> even though no one is clamoring to hear our thoughts. Thank you. Uh, I think the 14 subscribers of this podcast would beg to differ. I know that's true. Um, I think I'm going to go in October to Hades Town, so yes. let's get ticks. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, okay, let's talk about this week's let's talk let's about, this, talk week's about musical. this week's musical. I have so many thoughts, even though my notes app only has two. Of I course. kept the rest of them in your little brain, in your little noggin. Um, so this week's show yes. is Ride the Cyclone. A musical that dares to ask, what if cats made sense? What if what if cats bought tragic roller coaster accident? <laughs> And the question is answered, and the answer is yes. The answer is yes. The answer is yes. Literally, yes. <laughs> that's just the answer, and that's this podcast, and that's and we're done. Um, I'm sure Connor will give the facts and figs, but the cast, this show preceded the cast album, which just recently dropped, like in the last yes. couple of weeks. Only As within, of, like, yeah, the past month or so. It is the fifth day of September for posterity, and aye, so aye. it has recently dropped, but the show is a little bit older, so... Yes. Connor, uh, do hit us, please, with some facts and figs. Facts and figs. (laughs) A quick one. (laughs) Another quickie. (laughs) Quickie but a goodie. Ride the Cyclone has music, lyrics, and book by Jacob Richmond and Brooke Maxwell. It originally premiered in um, 
British Columbia, Canada at the Atomic Vaudeville in 2008. It then transferred to Toronto in 2011, and it then had a uh, Canada tour in 2013. Its American premiere was in Chicago from September 15th to November, uh, uh, September 2015 to November 2015. It was a limited run. Um, and then it also had an off-Broadway uh, limited run at the Lucille Lortel Theater from November 2016 to December 2016. It has been nominated for a ton of awards. I only picked um, three of the bigger ones. The Toronto Theater Critics Award, it was nominated for three and won three. The Lucille Lortels, it was nominated for five and won zero. And then the Drama League Awards, it was nominated for like Best Off-Broadway Musical, and it did not win, unfortunately. Mm. Um and just the quick synopsis, Ride the Cyclone tells the story of the members of St. Cassian High School Chamber Choir of Uranium City, Saskatchewan, who perish on a faulty roller coaster called the Cyclone. Each member tells a story to win the reward of a mechanical fortune teller, the chance to return to life. Jellicle Ball, but Jellicle make it ball. death. <laughs> Again, what if cats dared to make sense? <clears throat> That's true. Um, did you read any of the script? The book is like oh, the first hundred pages are available. I did not. Um, I did, and I feel like it really helped. Honestly, <laughs> I was like, okay, thank you. How am I just now figuring out in the third year of doing this podcast <laughs> that if I read the script, the show might make might sense actually to me? Make sense. Uh-huh. I did like that in the recording. They actually like the fortune teller actually does make a joke, being like, "You're not going to understand the rest of this yes. unless, until you see this." show and i think a lot of the narrator's little like interludes there are actually not in the script and are specifically made for the recording recording. yeah Yeah. like not just that but there's like a couple where there he's kind of yeah explaining like what you would be seeing on stage Mm -hmm. and i'm like that's a genius that is so smart i really love like and it's because he makes a joke in there of like what's a way to make less money than a than a a musical a like release an album on a streaming service or something like that like i love a self-aware cast album we love Love we it. live and we love. Um, I have to say, do you remember the video Teddy has an operation? Yes, of course. <laughs> the he sounds exactly like yes. As soon as he came on, I was like, "Oh, Teddy! Oh, Teddy! Oh, Teddy! <laughs> Somebody has broken Teddy's heart's heart." Yes. Link in the show notes. Link You're welcome. In the show notes. Um, everyone, go watch Teddy Needs an Operation and listen to Bread the Cycle and tell me we're wrong. Exactly. Um, let me pull up the track list here. Otherwise, yeah, I will be there's, simply like lost. there is a plot, but it's mostly like all the numbers are just the characters kind of. But it's it, again, it is cats. It is cats. It's literally themselves. they're introducing themselves and saying why they deserve a second chance at life. Yeah. So starting off, um, basically like very loose plot here is, you know, all these kids died, whatever. And there's one Jane Doe whose head got cut off and we don't know what her whole deal is. Um, So the first song after we get through like all the Karnak bullshit. Yeah. Um, and Jane Doe coming in, we get what the world needs, which is uh, true, Bob. It's very the, the world the according to Chris yeah. vibes. Yes, that is <laughs> literally what I was going to say. It's giving <laughs> world according to Chris, and it is basically the character Ocean going around and telling, just doing "fuck you, fuck yeah. you, fuck you." You're cool, and fuck you, I'm out. Right. Um, <laughs> 
why she should win because everyone else sucks so bad. I, she is the worst person in the entire cast, and I cannot listen to this song enough. Yeah, it is so percent. fucking good. It's literally like I love it because it proves that you can have a poppy, upbeat musical that has a horn section. <laughs> And finally, we've been Thank demanding. Fuck, I have been begging for it. Connor has been tweeting about it every day in an effort to get this light shown. I just, I, I need people to understand that you can have a saxophone, you can have a trumpet, you can have a trombone, and no it can still be a pop musical. You. No one's stopping. No, literally, you. no one is stopping you. You can do it. You can hit the button on your keyboard that says trumpet, and yeah. then you can do 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 do. That's on your I keyboard. literally think that's what's happening in yes, some of the songs, percent. but like that still fine. sounds fucking great it's still giving me that horn that warm horn vibe yeah, it adds so much texture and another layer to the music that's not just like rock yeah guitar exactly. and stuff like that and i definitely feels fuller it feels exactly it feels fuller and there's definitely i know that they have at least a saxophone player because the saxophone and piano play a lot together mm-hmm. i've noticed because um <laughs> i played saxophone for nine years <laughs> speak on that speak on that um and but like it sounds so good it has such a nice warm rounded out texture of mm-hmm. the song and it just fills it out so much and it makes it so much fun to listen to oh yeah it's, it's I, a bop. yeah i it's a damn bop of like the pop musicals that we've covered this has been my favorite yes i have to agree and there was something about it i swore i wouldn't do this uh after we came back from our break but of course that reminded me of six but in a positive way where it's lots of different styles yes, yes. lots of different influences it's giving me very joseph and the amazing technicolor dream coat <laughs> We're getting Lord like Andrew Lloyd Webber wishes a French noir song yes. in the middle of this musical. No, but I mean, like lots of different styles, but yeah. it, I do feel like it's super successful. And agreed, each song like gives you a little insight into mm-hmm. the character, even if it is in a weird way. So, right. like, the idea is that you're supposed to be introducing yourself, um, which Ocean doesn't realize until so, so. Someone gets to come back, Mm -hmm. but it has to be a unanimous vote by all of the kids. So and they don't find that out until after Ocean sings her song where she's like, fuck everyone. Um, And then Karnak's like, BT dubs. Uh, They're voting for you and it has to be unanimous. Also, this is a trick. So um, but then I do know that she has like some really funny lines after that happens. Mm -hmm. Um, The one that I want to shout out because I read Charles Isherwood's review. Oh, okay. um, And BT dubs the times loved it. Like he said, um, uh, let's see. He said it was like delightful. um, Have to agree. uh, Just a a great um, like show off of different soloists and all that kind of thing mm-hmm. um but um the one line that i want to shout out that uh ocean says to noel uh because um, noel is gay yeah she says noel is gay. she says quote i love you you challenged my preconceived notions that all gay dudes are fun to be around <laughs> some gay people suck <laughs> And I think we should acknowledge that. We should acknowledge that. I think we need more representation of gay people who are boring who are bad. and bad. <laughs> um, As Trixie once said, Trixie Mattel once said, not all gay people want to be your funny little friend. That is true. And we do need to respect that. Thank you. Um, there was something where there's a line in Ocean's song where she shits on Constance, who's supposed to be her, her friend, like, her friend, her very good friend. And it's um, do, do we really need another organ donor? Yeah. <laughs> 
that's it's, it's like someone points out that she said that about her. Yeah. And um, Constance is like, I'm I'm more of a melody person than a lyrics person. Did you really say that to me? <laughs> I simply screamed. Oh, that's the the writing is just so witty and it's so smart. Yeah. And like even in like Karnak's um like dialogue, he's so dry and so humorous. Dry. Yeah. And it's great. Um like I it's just mm, I wish that this were still off Broadway so we <laughs> yes, can see it. Yes, I do want to see it. Yeah. Let's mount it. Please. Um, <laughs> Bits over Broadway presents. Please, my I fucking mean, dream. We will be moving into production. <laughs> Imminently. Imminently. Just to, to mount this one musical and then we're done. <laughs> And then we're tapped. Yeah. Frankly, I barely have enough money to buy coffee. Thank so, you. Um, okay. So then we get to Noel's Lament. The, yeah. And this song makes me laugh so hard. One, because I just really appreciate someone who's like, you know what's an instrument we don't get enough of? Accordions. Blow this bitch up. <laughs> we are heaving and hoeing our fucking <laughs> brains out on this bitch. I, I love it. It's like, I because... Th- Accordions just like kind of remind me of carnivals already. Yes. And I love that throughout the album, they are using carnival sounding music and elements Mm -hmm. to make it creepier. Yeah. That like calliope situation. Oh, and I love it's like this musical is such a perfect blend of like spooky, ooky, kooky Mm -hmm. and funny yes yeah well because it's very dark right like the whole premise of it is super fucked up but it is absolutely like 16s in purgatory it's very bad place in that in that way extremely um the good place is what it's called sorry my brain (laughs) um but yeah when they're all like yeah you you get what i'm saying um where everyone's trying to like navigate how to get out of the liminal space that they're like occupying exactly um what i love about noel's lament is how many times he calls himself a whore. Yes. Refers to himself as the French whore. Yes. Hilarious. The French whore with a heart of black charcoal. With a heart of black charcoal. I'll, like, first of all, love that you're romanticizing just like never being loved. Dying of typhoid. <laughs> Dying of typhoid. <laughs> Who amongst us hasn't like coughed into a Kleenex and just checked? Just to just, see. Just to make sure. Let me just see if I get to live my Nicole Kidman fantasy or I if mean, I simply must just continue living. <laughs> we all wish that we could be dying of tuberculosis <laughs> at the Moulin Rouge. We all get it. We're all theater kids. Yes. Um. This this musical is basically just what would happen if six musical kids, oh, musical theater kids, like showed up in purgatory. A hundred percent. And what I like about Noel's Lament again can't recommend reading the script enough. There's a I'm line have to check that out. you will. I'll that. send it to you. It's only the first hundred pages, but That's I'm fine. sure we could have purchased. We'll just expense it. Yeah, I'm fine. To our bits over Broadway yeah. card. Yeah, we have that. <laughs> yeah, we, can, we yeah. have that power. Um, for sure. And there's, I guess he says fucking in the chorus, or he says fuck or some version of that and ocean like is like essentially objecting to him winning because he said fuck in the chorus like we can just do whatever we want now his song wasn't even about him it was about him being a sex worker in the old-fashioned days i'm like okay such whiplash from him singing about how he's a whore to using the correct terminology of sex worker in the old-fashioned days i simply screamed laughed so hard yes so good this is just gonna turn into fucking reefer madness all over again i know but it's so funny but it like it's it's hard to just sit because like 
I really liked what you're like how you mentioned about like the blending of the different styles of music. Mm-hmm. And I totally agree with um like going back to what you said that it is uh, it reminded me a lot of Six, it but is. I feel like it kind of did what Six was trying to do but better. <laughs> but better. Better just because, a little bit. You know, I do think that the I, you know, and I now that I think about it, the songs don't actually like talk about who they are, no. but more like who they want to be. Exactly. And I think that that's so it's, I feel like it's more of a, a it's a stronger character study than what Six was doing. Yeah. Because Six, like, and I know we we litigated this point many <laughs> Let's times. Do Let's one do more it time. again. Six, when the, when the queens are singing, they're basically telling you their life story. You're not really getting introspection on like who they could have been and that yes. kind of thing. But this does this does you're seeing the you're not seeing like the person that their life that they lived. You're seeing who they they want to be. be. Yeah. And I think there's something like really sweet and sad about that, where it's these six kids whose lives were cut short and all of them have hopes and dreams and whether or not they're realistic, like whether or not it's realistic, then Noel's going to, you know, go back in time and be an old timey French prostitute. I don't um, know. The, uh, what's the spaceman? The spaceman. I was just going to say Ricky. Ricky, I can't even, I need another hour and a half dedicated solely (laughs) to Ricky, frankly. But I think there's something really sweet about how, aside from ocean, everyone kind of takes that tack of, um, looking forward and kind of just being able to being able to be who they wanted to right. be and they weren't able to be on earth during yeah. their time I, I definitely think that like okay well this is my private home hi we're recording a <laughs> podcast in here can you Excuse like yes me calm down <laughs> we need to have a little light on the outside of your apartment I know. <laughs> this is recording or Shut something the like fuck <laughs> Oh, oh my god um, but i like this is kind of going back to what we were talking about in lightning thief where like modern musicals are more about like character introspection and mm-hmm. that kind of thing i think this is like that perfectly does that yeah i agree um and it's so fun and then you like cut to the little interludes with karnak where yeah. he's kind of riffing with them and explaining who's next and kind of what their whole deal is because i do think it's important to get a little bit of context like you need that context of noel um you need that context of of who ricky is right um and a little bit of sorry i skipped over um mish misha or mishka i don't i i don't remember Mm, let's look in the interest of accuracy i will be pulling up we are journalists we (laughs) we are misha okay um and it is implied that somehow Chernobyl affected him. So, okay. which is interesting, I think, just based on timing. There's not really a time period for this yeah. um, musical, what they're referencing. I mean, kind of, sort of, they talk about, like, Ricky loves, um, they talk about Transformer movies, yeah. they talk a little bit about Spider-Man, but I think for the most part, it's kind of timeless, yeah, sort of it's existing still, it, outside of time. Because it's... it's like I, when they do reference things that are um like more pop culture-y, it's not necessarily something like immediately happening. Right. Exactly. Just sort of a general. I yeah. mean, listen, Spider-Man's been around for 25 years just in the like theatrical canon, not yeah. even including like comic books. Comic books. It's been that. like almost fucking 100, 100 years. years? <laughs> almost. Psychotic. Um, but yeah, I think I, 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 I like that aspect of it and I'm interested. I would love to see this staged um, just because I yeah. think you see 
So I think in contrast of the character singing about what they wanted mm-hmm. right before they perform, there's a lot of there's like heavy projections of their yeah. previous life. So like their birthdays, them growing up as children, right. like snapshots of their life before. And then you juxtapose that mm-hmm. with the performance of like what they wanted to be. And I think that would be really cool to see. I think that's it's such an interesting I think that's also like a really interesting like meditation on like what childhood is because yeah. like childhood, it's all about like potential and that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. And it does have that like idea of when you're a kid, you have all these big ideas and these big dreams. And it like perfectly plays with that aspect of having that. This is like the person that they were. And mm-hmm. then this is everything they wanted to be. Yeah. And it like rides that line really, really well. For sure. Leading us to the song. Um, this song is awesome. Yeah. Which is an incredible piece of art. It's great. <laughs> love it it's truly amazing. i just want to say we've really like we've come so far in our technology in order like to parody pop songs right and i feel like we just really need to give credit where it's due and thank you lonely island for <laughs> pioneering pop parodying pop songs andy sandberg is the king <laughs> yeah i mean like listen i i'm not i would never shade weird al and say he didn't contribute but i do I mean, think he was ahead of his time Ahead of his time. Mitch, please drop that in. (laughs) He even looks like Donny Osmond. He really does. He really does. Um, So I think think that they've done a really good job on that one with kind of parodying what he, what a pop rap hybrid song is. Um, And it is just him being like this song is awesome this, song, this beat is awesome this beat is awesome do you want to come over to my place we'll smoke some weed and we'll drink crystal like <laughs> crystal on tap <laughs> yeah Chris, like he's talking about playing video games and drinking crystal which is just the most 17 year old thing God, i can think of it's amazing but then it like perfectly moves into this like really sweet and romantic like love letter to his internet girlfriend yes. <laughs> And that no he, one believes that is no real, one believes is real. Oh, yeah. and it's like so sweet and it's like it it again it opens up and like that little introspection into the character that adds just a little bit mm-hmm. of flavor and gives you that idea of who this person is just a little bit more yeah and um there something i i still am not quite a hundred percent on is the uranium aspect in this show yeah. and i will say the one time that i did that it did come up was Misha talking about like that's the number one he lists like two exports that Canada has also important to know that this is set in Canada Canada, because they're from Um, Saskatchewan yes and he is talking about like how that has affected him like Mm -hmm. he moved to Canada but talk just it's it's like maybe one or two lines I can't remember them exactly but I think it's an interesting sort of touching on the geopolitical (laughs) conflicts. Um, But I, I didn't feel like that thread. I would say that's maybe the one thing I was a little bit confused on that never really resolved for me, like what the uranium of it all like has to do with this. I mean that opening song, the uranium like uh, melody or whatever, Mm -hmm. they do like make references to like half lives and um uh like not being able to escape from uranium essentially true so maybe i don't know like there could be something there don't know not totally sure i maybe there's something more later on in the show yeah it's possible so because i I didn't finish the script um so i didn't buy it yeah but i yeah i'm just interested to see like 
what the through line was there. Yeah. How it all related to a roller coaster accident. How did you feel? <laughs> okay, what's going on here? Um, um there is this the not that this really has anything to do with it, but um uh Constance right before she starts her song. Mm-hmm has this really great line that he wrote down where she's it's later on in the show, but she's like talking about like what, how the, what the accident happened. And then she said, the only good things that happened to me ever uh, only ever happened in uranium. Mm. And it's like her talking about how the second before she died, she actually appreciated living in this small town that she always wanted to escape. Yeah. Um, And I just thought that was really, really sweet. And that's like a really um, kind of a, a succinct way of like putting why somebody might not ever leave their hometown or yes. something like that. Yeah. I don't know. As um Uncle Cracker once saying, you mm. don't know what you got till it's gone. Wow. That one's for Mitch. He's gonna get so <laughs> mad when he hears that. Um, I also wanted to I forgot to point this out at the top of the musical, but so the whole reason that um, the kids are doing this like weird jellicle ball for Karnak is uh-huh. that a rat is chewing through the cables yes. of Karnak's like power supply and he's going to use the last remaining power that he has to send one of them back yeah. to, to real life. And in the description in the script, it is a band that mm. plays the rats. So it's called they're called. Virgil and the Underworlds. Oh my god. And Virgil the Rat is a bass player. Ideally should be able to play upright and electric. And also the cello. If not, a cellist must be added to the band making it a quintet. So I was like, okay, love this like hardcore description. So great. Um I'm obsessed. But yeah, so it's like the whole band are dressed as rats and they're playing, I think, on stage, which listen, could you write it more perfectly for me? I don't think so. A little rat band? Little I love rat that band. Um Oh my god. Right? It's so good. The show is perfect. The show is perfect. And also, 90 minutes, no intermission. The Thanks. sexiest yep. sentence you can say. <laughs> The sexiest sentence you can Nothing say to me. Nothing gets me going like 90 minutes, no intermission. Uh, the best. And uh, also just more proof that you can write a one act musical that fucking slaps. That rules. <laughs> uh, anyway, so now we meet Ricky Potts. And what we need to know about Ricky is that he has a degenerative disease and he cannot speak. Mm -hmm. Um, And I think it is implied that like he maybe does not have a whole lot of motor function as well. Potentially has a feeding tube. Um, If not now, maybe later. Um, Like will as his disease progresses. Because um, Ocean says that during uh, what the world needs is something (laughs) to do. Like how much can he really accomplish if we feed him through a tube or something like that? Yes, exactly. Fucking brutal shit that she is she's like, just spewing, spewing awful like she says that misha's gonna end up in prison mm-hmm. and like all this awful yeah. thing awful person yeah horrible truly, woman. truly horrible person um but and, like he's honestly able to talk in the does the world need another like female ceo or whatever i don't <laughs> girl know boss. girl boss no no we, we haven't don't. had enough girl bosses that's right it's time to gatekeep girl bosses it's time to bring back boy bosses thank you <laughs> finally had somebody enough, said it got enough girl bosses um so anyway what you need to know is that in this world ricky can jump sing dance talk he's like fully yeah um vocal and and able-bodied um and everyone's like what the fuck ricky holy shit and (laughs) turns 
turns out Ricky's a little fucking freak. Uh, yeah. A little space nerd. A little space nerdy. <laughs> a horny little freak. Because over we there. find out that because of his degenerative disease, he like retreated into his imagination. Mm-hmm. And he has this like whole like world that he lives in. And the world that he lives in is, is one where a like spaceman goes to a planet of cats and fucks the cats. I, I yes. need to make that very clear that like all my love to Ricky, all my best, that's that's some perv shit right there. Um, he's like trying to fuck multiple cats and yes. I just think that that is maybe like something we should just like dive into a little bit. Just like get get in there, maybe swim in like the deep end. Maybe with like a licensed counselor. Maybe with like someone to you know sort of sort this out Maybe we mentally. need to unpack something. Yeah, maybe just discuss why you want to fuck all these cats. Yeah. Now I will say the song is a fucking jam. Yeah, no, it's great. It's really fun. <laughs> I'm trying to remember how it goes because I was singing along with it this morning. Like, oh my God. Kind of fell asleep and kind of woke up in the middle of it and was yeah. like, okay, all right. It's space, space age bachelor, man. Yeah. Because he tells the, yeah, he tells the story about how like he gets... Uh, the bachelor man is like beamed up to space in order to save this like race of cats from their war with a race of dogs. <laughs> yeah. Which it's a real uh, Pollockle situation. <laughs> it's just. Literally, this musical is cats. <laughs> I'm just a swinging space age man. Um, Hello. Okay. Honk <laughs> if you're horny. Honk if you're horny for cats. <laughs> the, the 2019 film and the space kind. <laughs> <laughs> We're not going to discriminate. Yeah. So Ricky just like ex- essentially like just explains this fantasy of yeah. a space of a spaceman. Um, and also all of the other kids, the other ensemble like does backing for yeah. all the songs, which I think is really yeah. fun. I think that this is one of those shows that would probably not do very well on Broadway mm-hmm. because especially like I've watched a couple of videos online um, and the staging and like all of the, um, set design is very sparse. Yeah. It's, there's really, it's, there's a proscenium where they have like the projections, the, um, stages on a turntable and then it's oh, just cool. the kids singing and dancing gotcha um and i think it would be it's like it's got to be really fun and like using that projection and like mm-hmm. the text style like side that's gonna look amazing but it, if you put it in broadway house people are gonna get lost yeah for sure so i definitely um if this show comes back please put it off broadway off broadway there's like a line right at the end of ricky's song He's like, and they listened and they heard my message as i was singing notes that only cats or cat people yeah. could hear a g G sharp, five octaves above middle C. <laughs> Ricky, you're so funny. I love it. I love Ricky. It's so it's so smart and so witty. And it's just really good writing. It's just <sighs> so stupid, which I love. Um, yeah, it's that perfect mixture of stupid and smart. Yeah. And there's also a really sweet moment where I forgot um, during Noel's, Noel's Lament where Misha plays the man that he's dancing with yeah. and then kisses him. And they have like a really nice moment afterwards. Um, one where Misha's like, it's fine for two men to kiss. Who gives a shit? Like, <laughs> that's what we do all the time. That's how you show love. And like, just like a really nice, like, I think. Because Noel comes off as very prickly and very like, and obviously like only gay person in a small town is tough. Um, And so I think there's this really nice moment of just like, oh, I wish we had known, like, you're so nice. And I I regret that I just assumed everyone was going to be shitty to me kind of vibe and Misha being like, 
you're awesome. Everything's awesome. Right. That's sort of his whole vibe. That's his vibe. We love it. Yeah, we love. Um, it's I, It's just so, I don't know. It's so interesting the way that like this whole show, especially going back to the whole uranium thing, there's like that, that, that like theme of half lives mm-hmm. is everywhere in this show. Yeah, of, that's like, fair. Of everyone is aware of each other, but they only know bits and pieces mm-hmm. and like that kind of thing. And then all of the songs are giving that deeper dive. So it's like the public persona versus the private persona. So like there's like your half-life situation. I don't know. Does this make any sense? No, it does. Rambling. Yeah. It's, it's making I, me feel like a dumbass for being like, there's no uranium in this show. It's just, I just <laughs> like thinking about it more and more. It's like, mm-hmm. cause especially when you have that, like when you talk about like how, Oh, I wish I had like engaged with people. Throughout, yeah. Like that is kind of, I feel like maybe that's where it's coming through Yeah, of like that idea of these people all were around each other, but they didn't know each other. Mm-hmm. And these songs are a way for them to know, like learn more about each other, which is right. why I feel like the way the show ends the way that it does mm-hmm. um, with Jane Doe being the one being able to go mm-hmm. back to her life. The old Grizz. Yeah. <laughs> It's giving us Grisabella. It's, it's giving, giving us Grizz. floating away in a hot air balloon to explode into the atmosphere. Yes. Yes. The heavy side layer, the baby. Layer. Um, Not layer. 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 So, uh, yeah. So let's just jump in then to Jane, the ballad of Jane Doe, yeah. which is oh a super pretty song. I so really, beautiful. really love this. And this is the thing that I really like about the show going again back to like that playing with different styles. It had the show is a pop musical but it has levels mm-hmm. and layers mm-hmm. and it's so it's like you have so much that you can chew on and really dive into and listen to over and over again and you pick up on things that you didn't hear the first time around whereas like i feel like you don't get that with other pop musicals yeah these for days. sure and this like this ballad is so beautiful and it's mm-hmm. sort of like operatic and it's it the woman who plays Jane Doe is fucking amazing. Her voice is so so gorgeous. beautiful. Like um it's just it's oh I just I can't get enough. I yeah. can't I, this this entire album is gonna be on my Spotify top. <laughs> yes. Like, whatever. <laughs> um yeah, and it's it's longer, it yes. feels like, but I think that that it works and it's sort of Keeping true to the Jane Doe of it all, we're mm-hmm. not really hearing about her life. We're not really hearing about it's more like a lament of I wish I knew who I was. Yeah. Which I think is so interesting. And like, yeah. I hope my soul isn't with my head. Right. Holy shit. But like it's just very um what's the word I'm looking for? Not philosophical, but it's just like thinking, mm, don't know the word that I'm looking for. <laughs> metaphorical i guess so it's just like allegorical <laughs> plants um, allegorical cats political cats uh, polemical cats. polemical um i don't remember i guess theoretical pythagoretical <laughs> something to that effect yeah. um just it's not based on any plane of reality. Right. It's not based on the life that she once had or even any like memories of that. It's mostly yeah. just like sort of thinking on a meditation on like what this yeah. life could be. And what I think is super interesting is that she does get picked, but her song isn't talking about what she wants to do right. with her life. It's not even talking about, it's not talking about anything like that. It's literally just like, I'm kind of like in a purgatory yeah. of the soul and, and I'm struggling with that. Right. So I think it's super interesting that she ends up getting picked. Right. 
Which but, I think kind of, again, goes back to that like whole Half-Life situation. She doesn't know the mm-hmm. other half of her life. Right. Which is one of the reasons why I think that she does get. Because like at the end of the show, it Karnak changes the rules and is like, Ocean, you have to be the, you are the sole decider. Mm-hmm. And Ocean is like, well, it's super selfish if I pick myself. So then like they go through and she picks Jane Doe because right. Jane Doe is the only one who didn't know anything about her life. Yeah. And I think that is a really interesting like... Um, twist mm-hmm. to the end of the show mm-hmm. um, and l- again goes back to that like I said the whole half-life um, thing and sure. they get to see like what her life becomes will be yeah. yeah like plays out as yeah yeah and I guess the other kids sort of get that moment to have that like even just in being able to talk about yeah. like the hopes and the dreams or the fantasies that they've had I think they kind of get to experience them it's in theory that's like being fully staged right yeah, everyone's absolutely. buying into the fantasy everyone's buying into the like artifice right and um Jane Doe doesn't get any of that and she's apparently like the way that she's her character design works is she's like supposed to be very um kind of creepy mm-hmm. where she doesn't have a personality she yeah, like very moves blank a- very blank she moves around like um like a doll yeah. sort of like a marionette um, almost yeah and like she has like these contacts that are like make her eyes all black and Great. stuff like that and you can hear like throughout the show like they make references to like she's How so scary she is. Yes. <laughs> and i think that's that's like brilliant and yeah. like having those little touches really add to that character a lot a hundred percent um i was trying to find because i feel like there's a line where ocean like bitches that jane is talking um ocean is such a bitch through this whole <laughs> she show really i think she doesn't she say something like oh i'm so happy nothing could bring me down and then karnak is like it's jane doe's turn and she's like ah fuck yeah exactly <laughs> it's that i think yes where she's just like god damn it um And also she, so like, I think Jane Doe kind of makes reference to not having a birthday. Yeah. Um, Just basically like, there's nothing. I have nothing. There isn't any like thing going on. Um, And so then all the kids sing happy birthday to you. um, A new happy birthday song. Where they're trying to... um, Sort of the the point of it all is like a rebirth for mm-hmm. Jane Doe, and they're like, yeah. you can be anyone. Like you yeah. could, this could be your name, and this is what you could look like, and you can have this like crazy. Right, you can be anything because you don't know what you are. So like, you can start from scratch, and I think that there's something really sweet in that aspect of it where the kids like sort of all get on board and are like, no, no, no. Even though you're a creepy little freak, like we're gonna help you. (laughs) I love that. Exactly. It's sweet. It is really sweet. And it kind of does that like whole idea plays into like the final song of the show where they're singing about like essentially they're using the metaphor like life as a roller coaster. Blah, 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 blah. <laughs> like that's like the my least favorite part of the blah. show. Mm-hmm. Like, we get it. <laughs> but like it does that does kind of play into that of like you don't know what's gonna come next. Mm-hmm. There's ups and downs and loop the loops. Loop the loops. Sometimes your roller coaster breaks and, and then you sometimes die. you're in sometimes final your destination of the musical. <laughs> yeah, ex- which we will be writing coming yes. spring 2022. Um, Ooh, we got it. That's a quick turnaround. We got to start working right now. <laughs> we got to We got to We got to huff and puff. Um, okay, let's just take because I really need to dive into Drawbreaker. Yeah. As, oh my god. Just like yes. what it is. Um, so let's take a quick intermission and then we will be right back. Okay. 
we're back from our break. Back, back, back. Time to talk about the <sighs> craziest song, um, Jawbreaker. And Sugar Cloud or something like And that? Jawbreaker yeah. and Sugar Cloud. And I just like... This is Candace, right? Yes, I believe it is. Yeah. Um, only because she's the only one who hasn't spoken. Right. So I have to imagine that it's her. I'm going to look up the lyrics because yeah. they did make me laugh. I just like that the first line is I used to think that life was like a jawbreaker. You suck and 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 yeah, you suck some more. I'm like, hold on now. <laughs> what are we doing here? Because <laughs> like the music is very like twinkly and pretty yeah. and like soft and very dream It's like because like, I think it haunted. just starts with like a, an acoustic guitar, mm-hmm. yeah. which is like. Very stripped down. breaking. Never, <laughs> Never heard. Been done. Never heard an acoustic guitar on a Broadway musical before. I'm famously never seen once. No. So. <laughs> <laughs> um, Fuck, I forgot about once. <laughs> so, yeah, it's just like, was it's, I don't think it's meant to be funny. No. Um, the idea is that like life changes. So yeah. there's a drawbreaker. You're seeing different colors, different flavors. Da, 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 da. But yeah. I was like, well, it's an interesting start to this song. But it, indeed, it's a good song. I, yeah. I I ended up liking it. I really love the her monologue that gets us into the song because yeah, it's, talk about that. Um, and I kind of like talked about it with like when she says at the end, the only good things that happened to me were happened in uranium. Mm-hmm. Um, but like the monologue is all about her describing the accident essentially so it's like she says like we were riding the roller coaster and then all of a sudden we heard this screeching sound and the next thing we knew we were flying through the air Mm -hmm. and she's like talking about it and she's like she's having this revelation of like that moment of flying through the air right before they died was like beautiful Mm -hmm. she was like you could see the whole park everything was great this the world was turned upside down and then she was like it reminded me of all of these things that happened in town of like dancing in my room before going to a party and thinking that nothing bad was ever going to happen. And like mm-hmm. all of these things of how she um, like, even though she wanted to escape this small town, she still was happy there. She experienced again, the best parts of her life she experienced in this small town. Sure. And it's just like this really beautiful monologue about like, I don't know, like, home and it kind of like made me think of like oh like when i was a teenager and like yeah like the shit sucked sure because teenage being a teenager sucks of course like at that time you know again the only good things that ever happened to you were in your small town in that town yeah so like i don't know it was just it's such a really poignant monologue that then leads into such a really really great song yeah it's beautiful yeah and i think it's really important because we haven't really seen much from constance other than she's just like constantly being sidekick playing second fiddle to ocean Ocean. and ocean is constantly shitting on her and and constance is just kind of like Okay, but we're like friends, right? Right. And she's like, yeah, yeah, yeah for sure we're yeah. friends. For sure <laughs> we're friends. Um, and I just think, I think it's nice that she gets her own little yeah. spotlight and you're seeing that in her. This, I think this more than anything is sort of reflective on her time. Yeah, And um, on her life as she lived it. And it's almost like what I love about it being sort of towards the end as for, or being the last of the kids sort yeah. of please is that it almost feels like she's made peace with yeah like not 
going back it just feels very like wrapped up and like buttoned and very like well i'm just not like here's all the lessons i learned it feels very like quick review of what i learned okay and i'm ready to like see what's next for me yeah it doesn't really feel like she's actually trying to go back but maybe uh, maybe she is i don't know i know i totally get that vibe too because like that whole monologue is basically like like her talking about like my life flashed before my eyes and i realized that it was actually really good Mm -hmm. and i'm okay with that yeah with having that have been my life yeah yeah, and the same with Sugar Cloud. Jawbreaker goes into Sugar Cloud. Yeah. And I think Jawbreaker is the part where she's like, life gets hard, but it changes as it goes. Right. Like you you experience so many different things and you don't even realize that you're exper- like they're happening, but it's all like molding together. You right. don't really notice when you've switched from like, you know, apple to right. lemon. It's just like sort of is happening or whatever on the jawbreaker. And then yeah. sugar cloud is very much like now I'm going to heaven and yeah. I'm living in heaven and that's cool with me. Like, all right. Love that for you, lady. Go off, Candace. Yeah. <laughs> we love. Um, And so those songs kind of like meld together, but it does feel very like this is what I learned, and now I'm cool with just being an yeah. angel. Thank you so much for your time. Yeah, and that is a really good button. It's mm-hmm. like, it, even though there's not much of a narrative arc, mm-hmm. it is a really good, like, uh, emotional climax to the show, yeah. I, would, I would argue. Absolutely. Um, okay, so then we have, it's not a game, it's just a ride. Oh, yeah, this is when they've... Um, decided that Jane Doe is going to go back. And so we discover that Jane, like they decide that Jane Doe is going to go back because she's the only one who doesn't have memories of her past life. So there's Mm -hmm. like that huge potential there. Mm -hmm. So um, she goes back. There's a bunch of projections about like who she is and that kind of thing. And um, a really interesting thing that I, uh, that we found out was that um, the character's name is Penny Lamb, Mm -hmm. who is a character in another show that was written by Jacob Richmond. And, um, the I just want to read like the beginning of the um yo you must because it kind of fits really well with uh within the show let me just pull up the Penny and Ezra Lamb are homeschooled by their parents on a hippie colony near Uranium City until the police discover it happens to be the largest marijuana grow up <laughs> in Saskatchewan. Legoland is how their pot-smoking elders always describe the outside world and the lamb siblings are just dying to get there. And it's like, it it fits so well Cute. with like how, like what... That's his vibe, I feel. Yeah, like Jane Doe is like this person who's just like, she wants to know who she was and mm-hmm. then... I don't know. Uh, I think Legoland came before um, Red the Cyclone. Okay. But nice. I I like that he like melded that the blend. two stories into one another. That's really, that's a, a, the mark of a good creator. Listen, I, now you know me. The Ride the Cyclone cinematic <laughs> universe. Exactly. I was going to say, you know me. <laughs> you know how I don't fuck with lore. You know how I a know world, you hate uh, lore. cinematic universe to me, for me, to me, is sometimes not my gig a nightmare (laughs) but i will say i have been appreciating i do appreciate that sort of like slight i love a like one name drop yeah that literally wouldn't matter if you don't know yeah but it's it okay i feel like this term gets way overused okay 
it is more like an Easter egg. I feel like people are like oh, Easter egg. I'm like, that's not an Easter egg. That's right. like a literal. That's a. The, it's a reference. It's not, that's a reference. Yeah. yeah. That's not like a fun accident or whatever. That's like. Yeah, absolutely. That was written in on purpose. But it rings true like for you if you know the story. So mm-hmm. I'm reading this book for my book club called Malibu Rising by Taylor Jenkins Reed okay. or Taylor Reed Jenkins, one of the two. She wrote The Seven Husbands of Evelyn Hugo. That was like big a couple months ago really familiar um and daisy jones and the six or something like that okay i haven't read daisy jones but i have read evelyn hugo and in this new book she like is listing a party with all the celebrities mm-hmm. and is like yeah and then one time this happened um and like name drops a couple characters from the seven husbands of evelyn hugo oh, okay. and it's just like and it's like Truly in a list of shit that like doesn't matter. Celebrity stories that yeah. are like f- fake and made up. And then this weird like little reference to the yeah. world of this other book that if you hadn't read it, it wouldn't matter. It doesn't take away from right. the story. But like having read it, you're like, oh, yeah. OK, see what you're doing here. It's on the same world. Yeah. OK, so I like that he's sort of building out. Like, yeah. These people are just tangentially kind of yes. involved. I do really enjoy when writers do that. Uh, Stephen King also does that a lot mm-hmm. um, because all of his uh, writing obviously takes place in Maine. And there's so, only six people who live in Maine. There's only six so. people who live in Maine and there's only three towns. And <laughs> um, so like when you're reading his work, you do kind of like get hints of the other things that are happening like yeah. in his other books. Like oh, in cool. um, uh, fucking Pet Cemetery, I think they like talk about dairy, yeah. like where it takes place and like that kind of thing so like you get those little hints Mm -hmm. but it's never like they're fully connecting yeah you don't get that aspect of it until where the killer clown where the killer clown was um you don't get like that aspect of it Mm -hmm. unless you read the dark tower series okay yeah all right um and that's where he like ties everything together but you don't need to read that okay in order to like i saw that movie i don't remember that (laughs) i think i was sort of zoning out it was in my movie past days i've seen a lot of movies back then well the dark tower was also a terrible adaptation so um did you you i think you might have recommended this to me but i don't know if you actually read it station 11 the emily uh um, no we we talked about that one that's it's about a plague right yes life after a plague they're apparently adapting it into an hbo series and i'm like what's the audience for this (laughs) who has an appetite to watch a show about the world after a virus has wiped out of literally, the majority of the population. Literally, like, we, who wants like, we to watch need that? To We're put, living it still. It's we not need to over. put a pause on all kind of like pandemic media. Yeah. <laughs> Some- Anything, anything that is about pan media, like we're just like give it like five years. Just give me like let's actually end the pandemic. Right, let's solve the problem first, and then I'll watch the media about the thing. I don't, I don't Um, need to watch it now. But she has another book where she like references a character and the job title, like literally is like this other world in which. But the weird thing is that. In this second book, The Glass Hotel, it is sort of posited as being in a world in which the virus doesn't happen. Interesting. So this woman still has her job as yeah. like a shipping magnate. And he's like, it, it's like, oh, remember when a couple people got sick and we thought it was going to be this like epidemic, this worldwide oh thing. So it's like an interesting like two yeah. sides of it's a cool connection yeah, there, I feel definitely. like. Um that has nothing to do with Ride the Cyclone. I just no, it doesn't. Felt I like just, I people do, should know about yeah, it. Yeah, I do think that, like, <laughs> maybe it's not the mark of a great writer, but, like, 
I think it's fun. I think it's an interesting like it adds a again, it adds that like little layer. I think there's a way to do it. Yeah. That works. And I think there's a way to do it. Every single thing to be a reference to some other problem like the MCU. Yes, exactly. And it doesn't have to be like integral to like the the joke. Yeah. Or the telling the story. Yeah, exactly. Um, It can just be like a one little like. A one off. And if you don't know, then it's just a character name and it's not like important to yeah. the fundamental understanding of the line or yeah, the joke. Exactly. Um, okay. So they decide that it's going to be Jane Doe. Yeah. Who goes back. And that's like the, it's not a game. Um, mm-hmm. It's it's a ride. It's or not a game. It's just a ride. It's just a ride. And that this is like the whole, the, I think the weakest metaphor of the show, which is life is a, a roller coaster. Yeah. Yeah. It's a little heavy handed. Yeah. Just a bit. Yeah. It's a little much. Um, but this is when she floats up in the balloon. Yeah. To the heavy side layer. She gets taken up in the chandelier. <laughs> we love. Old Deuteronomy is there. Old du- I could not think of Old his name du- for the life of me. <laughs> I was like, what the fuck? I'm like, Dame Judy Dench. <laughs> he got Old Dude. Old Dude. Of course, Old Dude. How did I forget? Yeah. Um, then okay so there's a few more songs after and i couldn't in the album i think they're just like they're, they're fun for the album yeah. right okay that's what i thought so that is technically the end of the show yes because then there's a moment on the album where Carnet comes back and says oh you're still here yeah. we're still listening well great these are just like for fun basically yeah. um which again i think they were playing like, with the medium yeah. very fun love that i honestly i love that i do think that more um mm-hmm. OBCs should be doing that kind okay. of thing. Listen, you booked the studio for two hours. Right. The show was only 90 minutes. Use, Use the, the two time. hours. Use the stretch it out. <laughs> if we learned anything from college papers that have yeah. word limits, stretch. stretch it out. This stretch it out, baby. This is the 13-point font right here. Exactly. This, this section of the album exactly. is double spaced 13 point like 13 point font periods. Yes. It's this is the this this is the part of the um, paper where it you've already reached your conclusion and then mm-hmm. you you turn all the ink white and then you just add a bunch of fake words <laughs> so that it looks like you've reached the okay, word count. Never heard of that trick. Uh-huh. Um, incredible. Where were you when I was doing my 800th year of college? Uh, tweet at us <laughs> at bits over B-way, hashtag uh, paper tricks. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> For in case we ever go to we're grad not school, in, yeah, oh, God forbid, don't you, do not speak that don't into, speak existence. into existence. Oh, God forbid, we go to grad school. <sighs> Someone remind us of that whenever we get a little fruity on this podcast and we just decide, like, oh, maybe a flight of fancy will take us to grad school. I'm Someone tweet a at fruity us. On this no. podcast. <laughs> just got to throw that one out there. Woo! Um, let's see if one of these buttons has an air horn. <laughs> I have an air horn and app on my phone. I'm not allowed to press the buttons. Mitch <laughs> said you get three. Touch nothing else. So I've already used up my three buttons. <laughs> I um, do think that we need to have one of those like shock jock. Like, I agree. Where we could just like have the different I drops. I soundboard. Race Chaser has a soundboard and that's the Drag yes. Race podcast hosted so by Alaska and Willem, I think and everybody I should tweet at and email the Bits Over Broadway yes. email account telling producer Mitch to give us a soundboard. And please do CC producer Mitch because he doesn't have Twitter or email yes. and doesn't have access to the bits over Broadway email. So we'll I'll just be forwarding them. Yeah. So um please, you know, in the subject line, attention producer Mitch. Yes, uh, thank yo, you. bitch, stop playing chess. This one's for you. Whatever you guys feel, I'm happy to pass those yeah. along to him. Yeah. 
Um, Anything we can do to bully our producer into giving us what we want. A thousand percent. (laughs) (laughs) That's pretty much all I do. Basically. Uh, Okay. So then we have... After that, I, th- I would love to just like touch on these last couple. Yeah, songs. go for it. I, I didn't really fun. listen to them. Um, they're a lot slower. Yeah, they're a lot like more laid back. I think I listened to the first one and then like Karnak's theme, and then mm-hmm. I went back to the beginning and re-listened. And to re-listened. The, and yeah. I don't think Noel's lament, Noel's lament, is like. Is it the same? It's not the same. Oh, it's okay. like a little bit different, but I don't remember how. Okay. Um, but yeah, it's. I mean, I guess I don't really have anything to say. I think they're fun. It's yeah. nice that they added them. Um, this whole thing, top to bottom, is an hour long. Yeah. Like, oh my god, so easy to listen straight Ugh. through. The best. You get done really quickly. I feel like, and if you don't even listen to the last three songs, it's probably only like forty five minutes. Yeah, exactly. Like you get what you need to get yeah. out of it. Um, do I? I love this recording because of yeah. the like interludes that you're you know you're missing sort of the recorded speech you're Mm -hmm. missing the context from the stage but what i love about this is they're using the narrator Mm -hmm. of karnak to sort of explain what you would (laughs) just like catching you up you know no, absolutely it's not a lot it's not enough to like fully understand the story i would still want to like I still needed to read the plot outline and yeah. I still needed to read the script to to really know what was going on. Right. But I just really appreciated that they dropped him in to say, oh, and by the way, here's right. this person. Here's this person. Yeah. Here's this person. And nice. I do. I Yeah. It, I it, Again, I know we've said it a bunch, but I do think that it's it's clever to play with the medium the way yeah, that they did. A hundred percent. I think especially knowing that this was not a particularly popular project yeah. um, that didn't really get a lot of traction when it was on when stage, it was yeah. staged. I mean, like got some obviously enough that people they yeah. dropped this, the NBC, but like just actually, um, if I remember correctly, the recording is the Atlanta production okay. that happened after the Broadway, produ- uh, the off Broadway production. Yes, that sounds right because it is slightly different. Like yeah. the script is a little bit different. Um, and some of the words, like even in the mm-hmm. lyrics, were a little changed. Sure. Um, which is fine. It literally didn't. It was like a couple references. Right. Like they say Transformers movie on the recording. Yeah. And it's something else in the script. Like literally gotcha. doesn't. Oh, comic books oh, okay. and Spider Man instead yeah. of like Transformers movies, Spider Man, something like that. But. It's 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 largely minimal. Doesn't really affect the story right. at all. But I like that I was able to reference the script as well. Um, but yeah, I think you're right. I think it was after the off Broadway production. You know what I just realized? Hmm. Libraries exist. No, speak on that, Connor. Um, <laughs> not the mill. Not the mill. I was just, I was just thinking. I was like, oh yeah, we should, we should like read the scripts of every show. I, we're truly, that cover. was me this morning when I was like, I could be, I could have been doing this every time I said, <laughs> yeah, this just didn't make sense to me. Um, I could have just like literally done any amount of work for this podcast and read the script as and known a, what was going. Literally, on. as you're talking about reading the script and how it made such a difference, I'm just like, well, maybe we should. Like I, get an account at I like drama bookshop or something like that. Then I was like, wait, libraries exist. Libraries they probably have all of these scripts somewhere. I truly, I had the same realization when I've been like, <laughs> why are we? Why are we so, so bad at We're this? the dumbest people alive. 
I truly had the same same thought and then also had that thought about that revelation about libraries for just regular books because I was like, I mean, I'm reading so many books this year. Why yeah, am I reading you're so going many for like books? Aren't you? I am, but I'm like, Oof. why am I so successful? And like, get, be, like, why do I have so many books to read? Because right. like normally I would be like running out. I'm like, oh, because I'm not buying every book that I read. Like exactly. normally I don't read very much because it costs too much money to yeah. do that. Like so I can't expensive. be spending $20 every time I want to read a book it's like literally libraries exist libraries literally exist. you're using the library app to read all of your books yeah. <laughs> it's like that's why oh thank oh, you okay. Libby thank you Overdrive thank, thank you Libby oh I live um Libby sponsor us Libby please sponsor us we will and also fully... do you have scripts on your platform <laughs> we need to find out <laughs> okay so after we finish this recording we're gonna just jog, like, jog up to Lincoln Center real fast real quick. real quick um over Labor Day weekend I'm sure they're open oh they absolutely are for us to peruse the archives I just went on a date with an usher from Lincoln Center they're definitely reopening okay well let's have him sneak us in I mean let's night at the museum this week <gasps> <laughs> my dream oh god reading scripts is truly the equivalent of us realizing that like if we watch a staged performance yes. we get so much more like we actually literally understand just the like, show that's happening how many times do you think we will have this revelation before this podcast is done like <laughs> legit i feel like we're just gonna realize every it. single episode it has to be like this is just like what the running we went to the theater what if we actually saw and the watched show? the show being performed for us in person but the thing that we have to remember is that we're broke mm, and that is always the <laughs> the biggest obstacle and so, so are our so readers and viewers and that's why you should subscribe to our patreon because <laughs> we know as much as you do and that's why you're listening <laughs> to hear exactly. a person who has as much information as you do bullshit for an hour and a half exactly no intermission you're no intermission, welcome babe. <laughs> Um, okay, Connor Manning chair this morning. Oh, I was actually, I actually have one final question yes, that I wanted to ask yeah. you. So, Meryl, mm -hmm. if you ended up in purgatory mm -hmm. and you had to sing and about something to maybe have a possibility to go, come back to life, what would mm -hmm. you sing about? Mm -hmm. What would you tell Karnak? Wow. I can't believe you didn't text me this before I'm so I could think so about it. Oh, sorry. I should have. I should have uh, given you a heads up. Probably my dream of opening a weed bakery hell yeah and once again if you are my employer please turn this off i didn't <laughs> ask for this if you are my family please turn this off i didn't approve you to listen to this um you did not submit the proper paperwork <laughs> please email me directly bits over bwgmail.com <laughs> um i yeah so i think probably i would sing about my glorious weed bakery all the things that. that i would make um that's why i should come back so i can just get people people zooted yeah that's that's why i think that is a very noble <laughs> pursuit connor i'm gonna flip the script it's okay because i yeah, came prepared, prepared. <laughs> so it's like you knew what the question was gonna be so i would probably sing about how like i'm creative and i fun and i'm funny and i really mm -hmm. like making things that make people happy um okay. and then i feel like everyone would say boo we hate your content <laughs> and then i would get pulled into a trap door and just <laughs> fall immediately into hell big why do we even have that lever vibe yeah. Exactly. <laughs>
<laughs> I feel like I I can like picture it perfectly in my mind. Yeah. That's exactly how it would go. I think more musicals should do trapdoors for comedic effect. <laughs> Thank you. I'm sure it's not safe, but I do think Listen, we should be doing it. We can learn from the mistakes of Spider-Man. We can learn from the mistakes of Wicked. We have Thank so you. many shows that have tragically crippled <laughs> and maimed several <laughs> many actors. Exactly. All because of one trapdoor. Yes. But we do need to have more, more comedic like trapdoors. The door opens yeah. and a person falls through the I floor. I think that would be fucking hilarious it's to be like... It's funny every time. It's every, never not funny to never, have a person disappear in front of your exactly. face. That's funny always. Every single time it is hilarious. It's very similar to somebody crossing a street and then immediately getting hit by a bus. Yeah. There's it, that is never not funny. And if I've you watch every time I've seen it, if you watch a TV show or a movie, and every time you see a character cross the street and you don't expect a bus to come, and we, it comes, and it comes, I'm like, la- baby, I'm laughing, baby. That's comedy. That is comedy. One. That's the first thing that you learn in UCB sketch. Buses hitting people is comedy. It's comedy. Matt Besser said that, I think. I, I believe it. It's like written above. You know how like in like the symposium for Socrates, it was like, know thyself. Yeah. Buses Bus. hitting people are co- is comedy. It's written over the doors of UCP. But verbatim the way you said it. Yeah, exactly. Buses are, is our comedy when they hit people. <laughs> Oh my god yeah 100 percent um thank you matt besser thank you uh, matt besser <laughs> you're so right uh okay any more questions any more surprise questions you're trying to spring on me connor nope that was my only one okay uh man and share this for us um yeah i love this musical yeah. I, it's definitely gonna make it like like i said the entire thing is gonna be on my spotify top 2021 playlist uh and do check connor's instagram thank for you. that evidence come january december there <laughs> Um, yeah, no, this was, this was really, really excellent. Um, love the blending of styles, love the writing, love how funny it is. Um, I like, and I also really like that this is, it's again, kind of that testament of like, you can put anything on stage and as long as it's well-written and Mm -hmm. engaging, Mm -hmm. People will follow. I'll you. watch a musical about fucking anything. Yeah, apparently, like, yeah, truly, you're right. This has proved that point. Yeah, it absolutely. And you like you write it well enough. You do you do an interesting thing. Mm-hmm. Like we don't need more fucking like kitchen sink dramas. Yeah, yeah. We have enough of those. Mm-hmm. Let's see the weirder shit. I'm mm-hmm. into that. Mm-hmm. I think this musical is the perfect 100%. blend of spooky, ooky, kooky, and funny. Which and we love. It's it's like perfectly my vibe. Yeah, it is extremely your brand. Yeah. So um Meryl, manager. Um loved this. Yeah. Uh thought it was really fun, really plays with the medium that they're putting this album out on. I would love to see it staged. I would love to see um I'd love to finish reading the script. Maybe I'll buy it. Who knows? We'll um, find it on Libby. And please let me tell you, uh, <laughs> if you want us to read the scripts, you can also donate via Patreon. Um, if you're like, yes, I would love for these people to know what the fuck they're talking about. You could give us money if you wanted. Um, And up until that point, I simply will remain uninformed. Um, (laughs) That is a threat. I I love that you're threatening to stay uninformed. I'm holding a gun up to the microphone. (laughs) Do it. (laughs) Money, please. Um, No, I loved this musical. I thought it was super fun. I'm sure I said that a hundred times. Yeah. over the last hour but 
I thought all the songs were really different, uh-huh. which I really appreciated. Uh, from song to song, we're just like looking at different styles, different um, types of music, different vibes. Uh, I feel like it really opened up the world of the show. Mm-hmm. Did it rarely felt like I was listening to a musical about six dead kids right. who died in a roller coaster accident, and right. I do appreciate that. I do love. Um, yeah, I I really enjoyed it. Um, don't know that I will listen to it a ton more, only because. Wait, but you know what? I listened to it twice, and on the second listen through, I was liking it more and more. So, okay. I think that. I probably is one of those situations where I need to listen to it three or four more times yeah. and then it's going to be like on rotation for sure. Yeah. Um. So my pledge to do that, viewers, is that I will listen to it at least two more Look times. Look out for Meryl Kay's Broadway playlist. That's right. It's linked in our show notes. Um. <clears throat> so... <laughs> Yeah. Uh, Connor, do you have anything to plug? Nope. As usual, you can find me across all platforms, uh, Instagram, Twitter, TikTok, at CRELIA12. You can find anything I'm working on there. How about you, Mare? Um, just your Instagram in December. Uh, we do need to double check that those Spotify numbers add up. They will. We they will. will be sleuthing. <laughs> um, nothing for me personally. You can find this podcast at Bits of Your B-Way across all platforms except for TikTok. We're not on TikTok and it is our solemn oath to you that we will never be on TikTok. We are not ever going to be camera ready. We, we have a face for radio and we simply will be sticking to it. Um, not sure why you all think you need to record yourselves talking talking into microphones but no you don't some people that's what gets them off you know i guess you little fucking perverts um (laughs) my my solemn oath to you is that bits over broadway will never put up recordings of themselves on tiktok no um but everywhere else you can find us uh (laughs) you can find us on any podcast application wherever you find podcasts we're there if we're not there please let us know you can email us bitsoverbway at gmail.com we are on patreon as previously Mm -hmm. mentioned patreon.com slash bitsoverbway um, you can find us there. We put out all of our episodes for free. So if you are already listening to Patreon podcasts, you can just slot us right in. We're happy to take your listens from there. Um, and that is it. Bye. Pythagoretical. Pythagoretical. <laughs> <laughs>